I pray this morning that you got your bulletin. Go ahead and get that. Open it up as we work through God's Word together this morning. You can see the title of the sermon this morning. Maybe there it is. Ah, amen. God's amazing grace. You know, I, I was sitting down here listening to Billy Echo earlier, and I thought, wow, what a treat you guys are in for. You're going to hear the sermon twice. Amen. I mean, there have been Sundays where I thought to myself, Lord, if they only heard it one more time, then, then maybe, the, right, Brother Ernie? But then he looked at me and said, Preacher, he said, are you going to get us out in 10 minutes this morning? And I thought, well, Ernie, I'm going to try my best. Amen. But I'll go ahead and open up your Bible this morning to the book of Jonah, chapter 4. The book of Jonah, chapter 4, is where we're going to be this morning. I'll give you a second or two to get there. The book of Jonah, chapter 4 is where we're going to be. Hopefully you got a pen or a pencil there in front of you as we work through God's Word together this morning. So you all know over the last couple of weeks we have studied Jonah the prophet. We have been studying how he had served God, how he ran from God, how he was disciplined by God, but he was also giving a second chance by God to be obedient and to be faithful unto the Lord. We saw God do some amazing things through Jonah as Jonah spoke against the wickedness of the great city of Nineveh and the people from the greatest to the least, the Bible says, repented of their sins and God had compassion on them and he spared their lives. Now, guys, ladies, I know football season is upon us, amen? And all of us probably have our, our favorite team. Someone once asked my father-in-law, he said, who is your favorite team? And here's what he said. He said, it's Kentucky and whoever's playing Louisville. <laughs> uh -uh -uh. Now, some of you all may find that funny. Maybe the Louisville fans think, hey, it's just the opposite. But the point that I'm making is this. Those anti-card and those anti-cat fans, you're never going to find them in Louisville cheering on the cards. You're never going to find them in Lexington cheering on the cats. Why? Because those anti-fans feel as though the other team is the enemy. They feel as though they are not worthy to cheer for. Matter of fact, those anti-fans are usually looking for something bad to happen to the other side. And you know what's ironic? Biblically speaking, this evidently was Jonah's way of thinking. A prophet of God. This was his way of thinking. And even though God had given Jonah a second chance, even though Jonah knew the characteristics of God and who he was, what he was, what he was capable of doing, Jonah didn't understand that God's grace covers all of humanity, not just Jonah, not just the Jews. So I want to ask you a personal question this morning, and I want you to think about this. How often do we decide who is worthy of God's grace? Have we ever been guilty of that? Now, we may not agree with whom God bestows His grace upon, but God doesn't ask our permission, does He? Romans 10, 13, the Bible says this, Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be, will be saved. 
Jonah was angered because the Lord showed mercy to a sinful yet repentful nation. Now, one would have thought that Jonah would have been at an all-time spiritual high in his life at this moment saying, Amen, God is good. Look at all of these people that, that God has spared. But that wasn't the case, was it? So what can we learn about the grace of God? And how it applies to all people. Well, let's read Jonah chapter 4. Listen to the word of God. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, and he said, he said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. For I knew that you're a gracious and compassionate God, Slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. What an odd conversation. And the Lord said, do you have a good reason to be angry? Then Jonah went out from the city, and he, he sat east of it, and there he made a shelter for himself. And he sat under it until the shade, until he could see what would happen in the city. So the Lord God, he appointed a plant, and it grew up over Jonah to be the shade over his head, to deliver him from discomfort. And Jonah now is extremely what? He's happy about the plant. But God appointed a worm when dawn came the next day, and it attacked the plant, and it withered. And when the sun came up, and God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that it became faint, and he begged with all of his soul to die, saying, Death is better for me than life. And then God said to Jonah, Do you have a good reason to be angry about the plan? And he said, I have a good reason to be angry, even to death. And then the Lord said, You had compassion on the plant for which you did not work and for which you did not cause to grow which came up overnight, and it perished overnight. And then look what happens in this last verse. Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and the left hand, as well as many animals? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for a new day. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity that we've been able to come in and have our small group studies this morning. Lord, thank you for moving in those. What a great blessing it is to come to small groups and to be around other people and to open up and to talk about your word and how your word is changing us, Father God. Lord, we thank you that we've been able to come and give our tithes, our, our gifts, Father, our rewards this morning unto you because, Lord, we know without you giving us the strength and the ability, Father, we would never be able to earn a dime. And Lord, as we come this morning, and Brother Billy and the choir have sang, they prepared our hearts, Lord, to receive your word. We thank you for song. We thank you, Lord, that we can sing a song unto you, Father, to show you, Lord, how much we love you and how thankful we are for you. And so, Father, right now, I, I ask that you open up every heart, open up every mind, Father God, Lord, that they don't just hear these words, but, Father, we will apply these words to our lives. Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, 
You know, sometimes in life we, we get angered at God because we believe that God has, has let us down. Or for some reason, we just believe that God didn't show up. Any of us ever been there? I'm sure many of us here today have had moments when we went to God in prayer over a situation in which we were angry. Maybe we were confused. Maybe we were upset. But isn't it funny how we get mad at God when God is working and it's right in front of our what? And it's right in front of our eyes. In verses 1 through 2, the Bible tells us that Jonah was greatly displeased and he was angry. Now, why was Jonah displeased? Why was Jonah angry? Well, Jonah was angry at God for being God. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that weird? So, he did what most people would do when they get upset or when they get angry at God. He started to pray. And within this prayer, you can sense that Jonah knew God much deeper than maybe we even realized. I want you to look what Jonah says, and this is in your sermon notes this morning, and I want you to write these in. Jonah says, God, you are a gracious God. Aren't you glad that God's a gracious God? Amen? He says, God, you are a God of compassion. I don't know about you, but I'm glad we serve a God of compassion. Amen? He says, God, you are slow to anger. I'm glad that we serve a God that's slow to anger. He said, God, you are abounding in love. I'm glad that we serve a God that's abounding in love. He says, God, you are a God who relents from sending Calamity. Jonah had an impressive theology. Jonah knew that he served a God that was like no other. Jonah knew that he served a God of second chances. Jonah knew that he served a God of great love. There were a few things that Jonah didn't understand because his hatred for the people of Nineveh led him away from God's loving plan to rescue them from their wickedness. For Jonah, he thought that these people, they didn't deserve God's grace. For Jonah, he thought these people, they did not deserve God's salvation. For Jonah, he thought that these people, they did not deserve God's love. They did not deserve God's second chances. For Jonah, he thought that God should have just destroyed them because of their evilness, because of their wickedness. Because of their sinfulness. Jonah basically failed to recognize that God was using him as an instrument in a miraculous situation. And because of that, he was also missing the joy that was in this situation. You can almost hear the conversation inside of Jonah's head going something like this. I knew if I came here, God, I knew this was what was going to happen. This is why I ran. Because these people, they don't deserve this. They deserve just to die. But instead, you let them repent. Instead, you gave them a second chance. Instead, you gave them an opportunity to be obedient. But isn't this exactly what God did for Jonah? 
Amen? Isn't that exactly what God does for us? But yet Jonah thought it was better for him to die than for God to share the same love, to share the same compassion, to share the same forgiveness that the Lord had been showing to Israel for hundreds of years. And the Lord replies, he says, have you any right to be angry? Jonah didn't understand, and and I think the church today struggles realizing, and this is where your outline really begins, God's amazing grace, it doesn't answer to us. God's amazing grace, it does not answer to who? It doesn't answer to us. Jonah thought it was better for him to die than for God to share that same love and to share that same compassion and forgiveness that the Lord had been showing for hundreds and hundreds of years to Jonah and to his people. And he says, have you any right to get angry? Jonah did not understand. The church even struggles understanding this today about God's grace and about God's love and how it doesn't answer to us. Jonah didn't, and neither do we. We don't get to choose when. We don't get to choose how or who should receive God's grace. Kentucky fans, we don't get to decide if U of L wins. U of L fans, you all don't get to decide that U of K wins. It's decided on the playing field. And there may be people in your life that you know, maybe people that you've met, and you're thinking they are not worthy of God's grace. But let me ask you something this morning, church. Are any of us? In all actuality, are are any of us worthy of God's grace? The Bible tells us in Romans 3, 9, that there is no one that's righteous Not even one. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that do a lot of bad things. All you got to do is turn on the news. Amen. All you got to do is turn on your internet browser. All you got to do is read the local newspaper. All all you got to do is turn on social media and you're going to see all of these bad things. And maybe there's some times you've witnessed someone receiving the grace of God and you thought to yourself, I know I know the things that you've done. I know the things that you've said. And these things were horrible. They were malicious. They were evil, etc. But then Christ looks down and says, you may be right in your thinking, but you're not me. but you're not me. And this is how Jonah felt. It seems that Jonah felt as though he should get to decide who was worthy of God's grace and who was worthy of God's compassion, who was worthy of God's love, who was worthy of God's forgiveness. But grace does not answer to who? doesn't answer to us. And the second issue about God's grace that Jonah didn't understand is this, this morning. God's amazing grace teaches us to be people-centered and not what? And not to be self-centered. When I read verses 5 through 8, I see one person in particular that Jonah was concerned for. And who was that? Himself. 
Do we ever get there, church? Now, you're thinking to yourself, now, Brother Donnie, there's no way we Christians ever feel that way. Right? How many times in this life do you ever really look, in your, look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, Father, you know, I'm, I'm really, all I'm concerned with is my what? I'm concerned about my wealth and my health and my stuff and what I've accumulated, where I'm going, what I'm doing, all of these things. I mean, if we're, if we're ever really being truly honest with ourselves, there probably are times that we need to take a real long, hard look in the mirror and say, you know what, brother, sister, let me ask you something. Who are you really concerned about? Because our world and our culture tells us to worry about who? Ourselves. Put yourself first. Don't you ever put other people first. But then the Bible tells us to worry about other people first, and we worry about who? Ourselves. So see, the the Bible is anti-world in many of the philosophies that we hear in this world. But then we read the Bible, and we see that even the prophets of God had issues. Being self-what? Being self-centered. And if you notice, there's a story within the story here in these four verses that reveals Jonah's self-centeredness. Jonah once more wanted to flee. He wanted to get away, which is what got him in trouble to begin with if you look back at chapter 1. But God sent him comfort in the form of a plant that grew up overnight. It provided Jonah with shade. And the Bible says that Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. But his discomfort was taken away. The vine that God had provided and God sent the scorching east wind. And then the Bible says Jonah felt faint once more. He wanted to die than to live. For Jonah, he would have rather died than listen to the voice of God. Than the voice of reason. There's people today that are going through the exact same thing, are there not? We live in a culture, we're living in an environment that does not want to hear the Word of God. Why do they not want to hear the Word of God? One, they don't want to fall under conviction. And two, they don't want to give up some things in their life that they know the Bible probably is going to say is sinful. And so they don't want to hear the Word of God. Jonah had got to that point in his life, he said, I'd rather die than hear another word come from your lips, Lord. You ever felt that way? There's people that are living all throughout this world that that's the way that they feel. Well, I don't want to come to church because if I come to church, they're going to tell me something that I know already is in my life that I don't want or, or, or that I know the Bible is, says it's sinful. So if I come to church, they're just going to make me feel worse. And so how do I feel better about my sinfulness? I just don't listen to the word of what? I don't listen to the word of God. And when we don't listen to the word of God, we become numb to the word of God, and we become our own what? We become our own God. Well, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to live how I want to live. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'll decide what's best for me in my life. You know, I guarantee you, if I went around to every single one of you all, and I said, do you want God to bless your life? I will guarantee you, every single one of you has said, absolutely. But do we want to live the kind of life that God wants to bless? Do we want to apply the Word of God to our lives? 
Do we want to apply God's will to our families? Do we want to apply it to our children, to our jobs, where we live, to our neighborhoods, to our communities? For Jonah, he said, I would rather die than have seen God save these people and for God to give them a second chance. And many times, even as Christians, we're more concerned about our comfort than God's will. Many times we're more concerned about getting in and getting out than what God is doing along the way. Many times we're more worried about our own comforts and our own selfish reasons that we can't even enjoy the joy that's taking place right in front of us. The Bible said over 120,000 people had just repented. Over 120,000 people had just prayed to God. The Bible said they, they fasted, they given up their evil ways, yet Jonah was still mad, yet Jonah was still selfish, yet Jonah couldn't see the big picture. I mean, can you imagine 120,000 people on bended knee calling out to God, repenting of their sins, and wanting God to change their lives? If that didn't make you emotional, then nothing will. Amen? Seeing people come to the altar and praying and crying out to God, knowing there's things in their life, praying for their families, for their sons and their daughters and their, 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 their wives and their husbands and their children and their cousins and their aunts and their uncles and their neighbors. That's what we are supposed to do. But yet we're scared to death to come to the altar anymore. Well, if I come to the altar, Pastor, they're going to think something's wrong with me. Well, truly, you probably have something wrong with you. And if you don't come to the altar and pray, there is something wrong with you. This altar was not built to glorify me. This altar was not built to glorify Billy Day. This altar was not glorified to get up here to glorify this choir. This altar was built for you. For the church to pray on and to call out to God. But many times we think, well, they're not worthy of God's grace, Brother Donnie, so I'm not going to pray. You telling me you think you were? Are you telling me you think, well, I was a good girl, Brother Donnie. Well, I, was, I don't care how good you were the, or, or are. The Bible says you can't get into heaven if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I've seen a lot of good people go to hell. Well, Brother Donnie, a, a loving God won't send people to hell. Well, you're right. You sent yourself. Well, what do you mean? I mean that when you had an opportunity while you were living and while you were breathing and while you were here on this earth, you had an opportunity to hear the Word of God, to respond to the Word of God, to say, Jesus Christ, you are my Lord, you are my Savior, my Redeemer, my Comforter, my Creator. You had the time to do it, but you said, I don't want to listen to your Word. I'd rather die. And that's what people have done. Died. And they'll spend their eternity separated from God. Even though God gave you every opportunity to get right. Every opportunity to repent. But yet I'll shut that down. I don't want to hear that. I'll turn off my ears. I'll turn on my phone. I won't listen to the preacher preach because I know that here in a few minutes we're going to have an invitation. We're going to go eat lunch, turn on the TV, and life will get back to normal.
Is that what you really want for your life? As I have never seen a TV or a phone save anybody from hell, amen? But Jesus Christ can. See, Jonah didn't understand. This is your last point this morning. Number three, God's amazing grace was given because of God's love for who? All humanity. God tried to calm Jonah down with some simple reasoning about the vine by comparing their situations. God says, do you have any good reason to be angry about the plant? You had compassion on the plant for which you did no work, but you didn't even cause it to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. God's basically asking Jonah, do you care more about this vine than you care about my mission? Do you care more about your comfort than you care about people's souls? And Jonah, if you love that vine so much, can't I love Nineveh at least that much? What a conversation. Church, let me ask you, what is our mission? Matthew 28, verse 19, the Bible says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who is the mission? People. John 15, 17, this is my command that you love each what? Love each other. If God could use a prophet who was reluctant to go, if God could use a prophet that was selfish and prejudiced, if God could use a prophet that couldn't find joy in a city that repented and turned from their evil ways, then what can Christ do with you? What can Jesus do with us? God asked him twice, do you have any right to be angry? Maybe we don't understand God's grace in totality, but let me ask you, have you ever caught yourself being angry or upset when God bestows his grace on someone that you thought was unworthy? Have you ever caught yourself? We're never going to understand everything about God's grace. But Christ doesn't ask us. He simply tells us to know, to grow, and to go. And I want you to look at your notes. I'll put one, two, three. Know Him personally as your what? As your Savior. Do, do all of you all know Jesus as your Savior? Now listen, just because your mom is saved, that don't mean you're, you're saved. Amen? Just because the husband's saved, the wife, that don't mean you're saved. Just because papa's saved, that don't mean grandson is saved, and verse, vice versa. You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Have you ever come and prayed that prayer? Jesus, I come today confessing you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died and you rose again to forgive me of my sins and to give me life. And I come now confessing you as my God, my Lord, and my Savior. Have you ever done that? The next one tells us to do what? Grow spiritually. Because when you grow spiritually, you're going to show others the light of the world. Amen? Church, can I tell you something real quick? A lot of people come and then they get saved, they check it off, they get baptized, they check it off, they join the church, they check it off, and for many folks, that's the end of their spiritual maturity. Are you growing in your walk with Jesus? Are you maturing 
in your walk with Christ? Are you connected to his church? Are you growing with other people that love Jesus Christ? Number three, he said, go and make disciples. Make disciples. I want people to make other people disciples. Amen? I want you to be able to feel like I know that Jesus loves me, and because Jesus loves me, I'm going to tell you about Jesus, or I'm going to invite you to church, or I'm going to have you come to the men's conference with me, or I'm going to have you come to a small group with me, or I'm going to have you come with Wednesday night Bible study with me, or I'm going to have you come to the church picnic with me here in a few weeks. I want you to see. I want you to experience what Christ is doing in my life. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a what? It saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm fine, was blind. But now I see it was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour that I first what? That I first believed. Have you ever experienced God's grace? Have you ever experienced it? How has it changed you? Have you ever thought about that? How has God's grace changed you? Are you showing others God's grace by your actions? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It saved a wretch like me. You know, maybe this morning we just want to come and pray and just thank God for his amazing grace. Maybe this morning we just want to come and pray and say, Father, I pray you break down my hard heart of prejudice because, Lord, I, sometimes I look at people and I say, hey, that person's not worthy of you, God. Maybe this morning we kind of have an indication that we're failing at that mission of showing God's grace to other people. Maybe this morning you've never received God's grace. What a morning it would be to come and say, Brother Donnie, I want to be saved. I want to pray that prayer. Whatever your need is, wherever you are, as we sing and as we stand this morning, this invitation. Church, it's for you this morning.